You are listening to The Polk Experience. Imagine, if you will, that instead of running on a track, NASCAR took place on a lake. Welcome to the largest inboard hydroplane race in the state, the Orange Cup Regatta, which returns to Lake Hollingsworth and Lakeland October 16th and 17th. The man behind the race is Gene Engel, whose father started it 87 years ago. And if Gene has his way, his grandson will be at the helm of it 87 years from now. To say the Orange Cup is in Gene's blood would be an understatement. His passion to bring boats that can run upwards of 150 miles an hour to his central Florida city can be heard in his voice. Towards the end of the interview, however, you'll also hear his yard crew, and I'm sorry about that. So here's Gene. So the Orange Cup. So this is the 83rd. 83rd, but it has spanned 86 years. 87. My, uh, yeah, my, okay. My father, uh, in a group of businessmen here in Lakeland, founded the Orange Cup Regatta 87 years ago. And we, uh, or he back then, he had to cancel it for two years during World War II. Uh, then I had to cancel it for two years because they were dredging the lake and and took all the water out. Of mm-hmm. course, that's very important for a boat yeah. race. <laughs> and uh, so the Orange Cup is now uh, one of the largest uh, inboard hydroplane races uh, in the Southeast. And very close to being one of the oldest. I think mm-hmm. one of the oldest is in Detroit. We're very proud of it. Uh, there have been a lot of records set, uh, world records on the lake. In order to have a record course, you have to have a survey course, and it has to be approved by American Powerboat Association. Uh, when we when we break a record, and there have probably been more records set on Lake Hollingsworth than any other venue in the in the country, in the world, the uh, when we break records, uh, then we have to resurvey the course the following day to make sure that none of the buoys have been moved. If they move outwards, that's okay. But if they move in toward the center of the race course, then that's not okay. And that, that, that means it's void. I was going to say, technically shortens the, the course. Yeah. Is that and then, it? And then what happens is they come in, and we immediately have uh, inspectors on site with engine stands. And they break, they take that engine out of the boat, and they break it down. And sometimes they're there till 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning checking out these engines to make sure that they are not uh, played with mm-hmm. as far as the record's concerned. So it's, it's kind of a complicated uh, situation. We're very excited about this year. You know, as, uh, as many people know, we moved it from March. We always held it at March, which was the be- beginning of the race season. And we always thought it'd be good to be the first one. The problem with that that we later found out was a lot of these people that uh, are from up in the Northeast and during the wintertime, they didn't work on their boat. So at the last minute, they would call and say, we can't make it there because the engine's not in the boat right now. We're still working mm-hmm. on it, getting it ready for the season. So we, uh, because of the virus, uh, we, we changed it then to October, simply because of the virus, thinking that uh, that would get us far enough out of it that uh, it wouldn't hinder or uh, impede uh, the race. And so by moving it though to October, we realize now that we are at the end of this season. And each year, uh, or, or each race, they race for points. And at the, at the annual meeting in January, 
they whoever has the highest points is given certain awards mm -hmm. and so forth. We're kind of unique in the fact that we have two races. We have one on Saturday. We have another one on Sunday. So they get double points by coming to the Orange Cup Regatta. A lot of these folks are going to be wanting those extra points to get them up and yeah. over the, the number they need. So we're really hoping that that's going to help us as far as the turnout is concerned. Of course, we still don't know if, if the virus is going to have any effect on us at all. Uh, the beauty of uh, the Orange Cup Regatta is it's all outside. While I'm on that subject, uh, of course, our, uh, you know, thanks to uh, Polk County Sports Marketing and the Central Florida Racing Club, which I'm president of, the, the Orange Cup will uh, be open and we do not charge for uh, our, our audience. And it's free. We encourage everybody to come. Uh, we do have a concession stands, but if, if, uh, if that doesn't suit you, bring your ice chest uh, with whatever you would like. Uh, something unique this year that we haven't done in the past is thanks to Polk County uh, Government TV, uh, we're going to be live streaming. And we're not only going to be live streaming it to the people uh, that are spectators on shore, but it's going to be going all over the country. Uh, and we're pretty excited about that because that gives us even additional mm -hmm. uh, exposure uh, to it. So we, uh, we're doing a lot of unique things this year. Uh, we, uh, of course, every year we, you always are hesitant because it takes two things to make a boat race. It takes uh, the committee uh, and it takes participants, boats and drivers and owners. And, you know, while I'm on that subject, of course, I need to also thank the city of Lakeland. We really have a, a team that we have over the years kind of put together and the city of Lakeland surveys the course. They put the buoys out. They work with us all that whole week so mm -hmm. for seven days, helping us set up the site with tents and things that we need for the officials. And then they're there because every now and then, somebody tries to take a shortcut and run right through one of our buoys. And, uh, <laughs> and at $50 a piece, it gets a little expensive, but they're right there to run out there and get that buoy replaced because you have to have it there if you're gonna set some records. And then we have our officiating team and we have officials coming from as far as Denver, Carolinas, uh, Pennsylvania, Quite a quite a distance uh, that they come, and, but we've had they've been our part of our officiating team all year. They're the ones that track you and tell you how fast you're going. They're the ones that do all of that kind of stuff. And then we have uh, the folks that provide the cranes, and because we, these boats have to be craned in, there's only uh, one class that we're running that actually can go in on their trailers, mm -hmm. but the rest of them have to be lifted and put in the water. They're pretty good sized boats. And uh, so we have different teams. We have a group of young folks that help us uh, police the area. It, you know, and of course, sports marketing uh, with, with their staff uh, helping us do a lot of things. Uh, it's really taken a tremendous load off of me that I had to do in the past. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's very good. We also incorporate the Y, the YMCA. On Friday, the divers each year or every two years have to take what is called a dunk test. 
A dunk test is a small capsule because most of these boats are all in capsules. We only have two that are open uh, classes and they have to be able to do that. And now we used to do that on Lake Collingsworth at the dock there until I made a mistake and told them there was an alligator under the dock. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the next guy came out of that capsule pretty fast. Yeah. <laughs> so now what we do is we go to the Y, we have to send our divers with them. We put them in the capsule and kick them in the deep end of the pool and see how fast they can come out of there. I keep thinking that I'm going to get an alligator for the pool at the YMCA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the inflatable ones just yeah. sit there. Yeah. So anyway, and so while I'm on that subject of divers, one of the things that's probably the most important thing to me and to all of us really is the safety factor. Uh, we have a, uh, a safety team. They're all EMS certified. Uh, we have a what we call a safety boat that's quite mm -hmm. unique that has a lift on the front that actually goes down and submerges if somebody is in the water and we can float a body board underneath them, get a neck collar on them, put them on the uh, lift and lift them up out of the water and get them to the shore. And of course, we have to have an ambulance on, on mm -hmm. right there all the whole race. We can't race without the ambulance being on site. Then we have four divers. Uh, which are EMS also certified, that are on the lake. Uh, because if one of these capsule boats turns upside down, we've got to be able to get in the water and get them out. Each driver, and of course, thank goodness for the capsules, because we've never had a fatality or anything with a capsule. And they're, they, they're strapped in with a five-point harness. They're on oxygen. They own communication to the shore. And then some of them today, some of the larger hydroplanes are now coming in with doors on the bottom of the boat so that if it's upside down, we can open that door and pull them up through the, the bottom of the boat. But safety, everywhere we go, the divers have to be, if it's a dunk test or if it's a race on the lake, we have mm -hmm. to have the divers on the lake. And we've been using this same team now for many years and they are one of the best and they do all of region five which is the region that we're located in which includes florida georgia alabama and mississippi and so they they are the safety team for that region so that's very important to us unfortunately uh we cannot allow the spectators into the what we call the hot pit area and we have to fence that in and uh, and we have to monitor that very very closely because everybody within that area has to be either an owner a driver or a mechanic or something or, or one of the race officials they it's unfortunate but the good news is that spectators can actually see as much as they want to from the, the bicycle or walking path around the lake uh, because the fences are simply see-through fences mm -hmm. and uh, you can really see as much. The other thing we have to be careful of, of course, is lifting those boats up. And, you know, if one of the harnesses happens to snap, well, then we, if somebody's underneath it, we've got a major issue. Uh, so all of this stuff we're, we're watching, uh, we, the Lakeland Police Department will be there to help us enforce any of our rules and regulations. And uh, so that's, that's pretty much it. We're gonna be running, uh, this year we're gonna be running, I believe it's 11 classes. So, the, uh, so what's the smallest one? Well, the smallest one would be the one liter hydro. Yeah. 
it's an interesting boat. Uh, the one uh, liter or 1.5 mod, they run on, they have jet ski engines and they, they will top out around 110 to 113 miles an hour. And they're, they're pretty fast. And of course they're a smaller boat. Then we have uh, so, another class. So smaller would be how many feet? Just oh, oh maybe for people. Maybe twelve feet. Okay. You know, I really don't. I've never measured one. Of them, and then when you get up to the big ones, yeah, you're, you're talking yeah, a you're, serious. You're much larger. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And the bigger ones, the, we do have a class that could hit 150 in the straightaway. Uh, it's called the Grand National. They're fun to watch. The Nationals, which is the next class just underneath them, is also very fun. And then there's another class that's called the 2.5 Mod. We're going to have a big turnout of those. Jim Aide, who is a part, a member of our race committee now, is one of those drivers. And we're expecting a big crowd out of them. And they are very, very fast and very, very competitive. Uh, which brings me then to the next thing. When my father originally started the Orange Cup Regatta, or founded it, it was a one and two-thirds mile race course with permanent markers in Lake Hollingsworth. Uh, it was later during that time when I could have been off to college or gone out somewhere, maybe trying to make a living, uh, <laughs> that uh, the city took them down because it was getting too dangerous uh, for skiers and other people on the lake. And so later we decided that for two reasons. The race course was so long that the boats would get spread out so far that it, it really from a spectator standpoint, wasn't that exciting to mm -hmm. watch. So we reduced it down to one mile, and it's primarily on the south end of the lake, uh, or it is on the south end of the lake. And we have another class that we're running. They're called OPCs, which is Outboard Performance Class, and these are uh, outboard engines. The rest of them are inboards. They uh, are what referred to as by a lot of people as tunnel boats. A lot of times, if you're looking at that boat coming straight at you, you can see that half of the prop is in the water and half of it's out of the water because okay. they get right up on the top. Interesting class. They do not run for record, so we set up a separate race course for them. They love 90-degree angle uh, turns, and, and they have uh, very quick uh, uh, trims uh, on, their, on their steering wheel. And they can trim that thing, that boat real quick to go around. They'll lower that nose down and they almost spin around that corner. When they do that, they're pulling six to seven Gs. I mean, wow. you have, you got to really be physically in good shape, but this is what they like. So they will go around that, uh, that course and they race for points also. Uh, they do not race for records, but it's fun to watch. Uh, last year, actually their last race. We actually had two going side by side and one of them flipped and rolled over the top of the one next to it and landed back right side up and only wow. put a little bitty hole in, the, <laughs> in, in, in his boat. <laughs> so uh, that was quite to see. We have that on film. It was quite a feat. I, I still don't know how that happened, but yeah. whatever. <laughs> uh, that's primarily it. By reducing the race course down to one mile, uh, back when it was one and two-thirds miles, we had to run three laps. Mm -hmm. e each race has to be five miles. Reducing it down to one mile, we, we now run five laps. The boats are tighter. From a spectator standpoint, it's a lot more exciting. 
and the drivers really like it better and uh, because it's a lot more competitive. Mm -hmm. uh, going back to the OPCs, uh, they do what is known as a modified Le Mans start. In other words, the driver is in the boat. Uh, we give them one hot, what we call a hot lap. Then we bring them in, we line them up, the engines are off. We put a flagman out in, on the lake. The minute, we never tell them when we're gonna drop that flag. When we drop that flag, they have to crank that engine and hit, go out uh, on the course and then start the race. All the other classes, we do what is called a clock start. And we will give them uh, the five minute notice. We, we used to do that with a little cannon and a shotgun shell in there. We'd fire the, the thing, but we don't do that anymore. But we, they, they, we start the five minute clock they, uh, our clock has four lights on it for each of the first four minutes. And so they're watching those lights. And when it gets down to the fourth light going off, the clock starts. And it's a one minute clock and they're watching that clock. And the trick is to hit that starting line right when that clock hits zero. So we have cameras on the dock that will record each one of them start. And so we know if anybody jumps it, if they jump it, they're disqualified. And so uh, that makes it kind of interesting because it, it's, it's kind of a real work of art to be able to hit that starting line right when that clock hits zero. Oh, yeah. So that's, uh, that's pretty much it. The concessions, uh, we, our, our concessions are handled by the, uh, or Lakeland rather, uh, Power Squadron. Uh, it's their way of earning a little money to help their causes and, mm -hmm. and their, uh, their club. Uh, they also uh, provide the boats that we need. We have to have judges on each, all four corners. And so they provide the boats. We, we have radios and everything. We're in total con communication with everyone. We have radios uh, in the boats, but we have to have a driver there. So we, at our driver's meetings, we'll mm -hmm. ask for volunteers for different sessions. They're, they will be at each corner inside the course and yeah. I tell everybody they're the only ones that got a 50 yard line seat. They, yeah. you, can't, <laughs> you, you can't get any better. You can't yeah. get any better or closer than that. Uh, of course the other unknown that we always, uh, I don't like to discuss it. I don't like to talk about it. Don't even like to think about it, uh, is the weather. Rain is not a problem. Uh, wind is a problem. Uh, these boats are fast and they will sail on you if mm -hmm. they get a gust of wind. And so we have to be very, very careful and we will watch the wind uh, very closely. Uh, if it's even marginal, what we'll do is get an experienced driver to go out and take a run. And if, he, if they come in and they say, no, we either have two choices, we can sit and wait, which sometimes works. Yeah. Uh, sometimes we have to cancel that day. So that's the other thing we're hoping that maybe October might be a little bit nicer to us weather-wise than, yeah. than March. Because say, you've had some good marches, you've had some bad marches. You can either uh, have a real good one or a real bad one. There is no in-between with yeah. March. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so uh, we will be watching the weather. Uh, we do have uh, little gadgets that tell us what they, I can't think yeah. of what they call them, uh, that tells us exactly what the wind speeds are. 
uh, Lake Hollingsworth offers kind of a unique challenge because we have a lot of streets that come down to mm-hmm. the lake. Uh, and what happens is that the drivers will be very, very comfortable and they're, they've got that throttle all the way down to the floor. And then all of a sudden here they get around to this one street where the wind is blowing down it. And then there you go up in the air. And I mean, I've seen some of these boats go 20 and 30 feet up in the air. So now they have aerons. A lot of them have aerons on the front now that they can adjust the nose of the, of the boat. So, uh, it's trying to keep it. Yeah. Kind of keep the nose down. water. Yeah. So now, of course, talking about that, <clears throat> they do like a little ripple on the lake because that helps break the suction of the boat from the water. And I'll tell you, when they're here and, and when you see them in the pits, and, and like I say, the, the spectators can see them very well from the street, that uh, they will be working on those, adjusting them. And so the format that we use, they'll start coming in on the Thursday afternoon. They, uh, Friday morning, we go to the YMCA with the divers to do the dump test. And then Friday afternoon, we give them test time. So they will be testing different props. Sometimes one will come, go out and they'll come back in and say, we're happy. The others will say, give us a minute. We have to lift them out, put them back, change props, go back out. Uh, they have all kinds of little adjustments that they can mm-hmm. make. Uh, and so Friday will be test time. And then we start racing Saturday morning. The day starts out very, very early with registration. We, uh, we try to do most of that Friday, but we still have registration on Saturday morning. And then we have a driver's meeting. Uh, at that driver's meeting, a lot of business is conducted. Uh, roll call is taken. And we hope to start uh, by 10 o'clock. And we then can race up to dusk. With, as I mentioned, we have 11 classes. Each class runs two heats. So that means you got 22 races for the day. So that means we're busy. We are moving. We're putting one, one class of boats in the water while we're taking another class out. I mean, it, it, we keep it rolling because uh, that's a lot of races to do in one day. Uh, and then, of course, the same thing happens again on Sunday. It's a great group of people. Uh, I, I laugh a lot. I've been on the board at Sun and Fun for over 35 years, and I've also judged the Miss Florida USA pageant for 26 years. And, uh, and it's kind of interesting. I have my pageant family, I have my airplane family, and I have my boat racing family. Okay. I tell everybody, you can't get better well-rounded than that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so, but it's, it's just always good every year to see a lot of old friends and meet a lot of new people. How did your father get involved in powerboat racing? My father was born and raised in, in the northern part of lower Michigan. And his brother was a, uh, had a big marina. And he grew up in boats. And they had boat races back years ago with mm-hmm. those beautiful mahogany wood, wood boats. Uh, my uncle was the Chris Craft dealer. Then my dad, in 1923, left and went to drove to California, he and three of his friends. So you can imagine what the roads were like in 1923 oh, yeah. going to California. It's almost like having a wagon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, went to work for uh, Universal. And my grandmother was a Detroit Tiger groupie. Mm-hmm. And so she would come to Lakeland to watch the Detroit Tigers. 
while she was doing that, my mother's family was from South Carolina and my grandfather was with the railroad and they moved to Lakeland because it was a railroad hub back then. And so my father came over to visit with his mother while she was watching the Detroit Tigers and met my mother. And that's why I was born and raised here in Lakeland. And okay. I used to tell the Detroit Tigers that they were legally responsible for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that I had my adoption papers all filled yep. out. And, and Jim Campbell, who was a general manager, used to just laugh at me uh. and say, Gene, not, no, we're not going <laughs> to, we're not adopting you. And I said, but you owe it to me. And, and so isn't it ironic then that Lakeland's second oldest sporting event yes is this one yes and and only beat by spring training so yeah, so, yeah. yeah just ironic yeah if there is a tie there yeah maybe i maybe i use a different approach <laughs> I yeah try something new with the tigers <laughs> <laughs> and uh but that's uh my dad just has always been on water same as i have i i like anything that floats Mm -hmm. And I tell everybody it could be a bathtub if, as long as it floated, yeah. I, I would like it. So uh, uh, I've always had a boat all my life. Love being on the water. My dad was the same way. And now, and this is transitioning in a, in a way because your son and your grandson are involved this year. So, right. Well, I'm very excited about it. Of course, my our son is uh, an attorney with public supermarkets and our grandson is a a uh, actually a producer of documentaries in fact right now he is doing a documentary on the history of the orange cup regatta and i'm uh, he'll be doing a lot of interviews and a lot of, of uh, filming also at this year's orange cup and i can't wait to see because the work he's done for uh, stingray chevrolet uh, it, it's amazing what he has done uh, they will be here with a lift they'll be up in the air uh, they have a drone that they can use. Of course, under APPA rules, we cannot have a drone out over the race course. So, okay, uh, I've already had to sit down with my grandson Will, but I'm I'm very proud to have them. Uh, Walt, uh, our son, is of course extremely busy with Publix, and uh, he his interest is in cars. He's actually built cars and and re-done re, uh, them and uh, he has a big car show the first Saturday of every month uh, mm -hmm. out at Lakeland Linder Airport so he he likes anything with a motor in it okay okay yeah and so there's there's so there's sort of a natural connection yeah then because yeah. this is I mean everyone well before I came to sports marketing mm -hmm. this had been described as NASCAR on the lake yep so there is a lot of, of similarities between oh, the yeah. pits and the... Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because a lot of these drivers also drive stock cars. Oh, no kidding. And they race cars, yeah, when they're not racing boats. So Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you talk about transitioning back when my dad uh, started the Orange Cup. They would, they would race the outboards on Saturday and the inboards on Sunday. Now... For the Lakeland people, uh, one of the owners of the inboard back then was Al Lodwick. Al Lodwick managed the airports during World War II, and mm -hmm. he lived right across the street from us. He was very close friends with Howard Hughes. He 
whenever he was out of, came back out of, out of being out of town, he'd bring me a present. That's the reason I can always remember it. And, uh, but he had a boat called the Copperhead inboard, and that boat spent more time in the air and, than it did in the water. <laughs> but nobody could beat it. It was an unbelievable <laughs> boat. That, that was the format back then. And then after uh, my father no longer was able to share the Orange Cup, Several people then became involved with it and shared it. And as time went on, the inboards kind of faded out. And it went more to what we call the pro division, which is a smaller smaller boat, but they're very, very fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and for a long time, uh, the folks that officiated that also had children racing in that. So we've got a, it's interesting, we've seen a lot of people uh, start with the small boats and come up through the larger boats. Another interesting story is uh, Becky Nichols, who is now the executive director of American Power Boat Association. She raced for years. Her dad has always been a, a big supporter of ours, and actually he'll be at this race also. So it's, it's transitioned then slowly but surely through all those periods. And then the couple that uh, uh, chaired the race for many, many years, Bill and, and uh, Katie Billiter had two sons that raced, and, I, and nobody could catch them. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they, were, they, they were fast. Katie and Bill Billiter, uh, over a period of time, Bill uh, became ill. Katie didn't feel that she could handle it very well. Well, a good friend of ours who also raced uh, from Wachula, Tommy Hooten, uh, called me one night, I, I think it was a Sunday night, I was probably watching a football game, and said that Katie was seriously thinking about dissolving the Orange Cup Regatta. And Tommy said, Gene, you know, your dad started it, you can't let this happen. So I said, well, <laughs> right then I was very busy with a whole lot of other things, the Chamber of Commerce and yeah. Lakeland Economic Development Council and the Central Florida Development Council and all this kind of stuff. So finally I said, Tommy, I'll talk to Katie. So I called Katie and I said, can I help you? And she she said, well, uh, why? And I said, well, uh, Tommy called me and nobody wants the Orange Cup regatta to go away. And I'm here to help you. And so that's what I did the first year. And then as Katie continued to age and so forth. She, unfortunately, was sweet, wonderful lady, um, passed away, but we named a trophy after her because she loved the young people. And that was that was her love. So we named a trophy after Katie Billiter Trophy. And we uh, would give that to the youngest driver who performed the best. Now, of course, what's happened is that we have eliminated those races, but they're still going on in other places. And so we have said to Linda Eldridge, who is part of our race team and also a a director of the Central Florida Racing Club, that she is to take that to the race that's designated where they still race those smaller classes. Because if it weren't for those younger people learning to race, we wouldn't have the bigger boats that we're running today. Yeah, yeah, and you've got to continually refresh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, as every organization. As everything that does. Issue, yeah. It's Sun and Fun Flying, the yeah. same thing. We're trying to get younger uh, people involved, 
because we have over 3,000 volunteers for Sun and Fun. So that's kind of what's happened. And then as time went on, some of those classes got smaller and smaller to the point that it wasn't really fun for the spectators to watch. Mm -hmm. It was such a thin group that we then went into the uh, OPCs, the tunnel boats. And even that class is now starting to dwindle down to one basic class. It used to have about four or five different classes. And so then we transitioned even more over into the inboards. And a lot of the inboards, as I mentioned earlier, come out of the Northeast, mm -hmm. uh, also out of California. Uh, last year we had a boat come all the way, it came all the way from California, or it could have been Seattle. Uh, but anyway, it was a long way. And, uh, but most of them are in the Northeast and Canada. And that's the only other thing that we've got that's a little bit of a concern right now is, are we gonna be able to get the Canadian boats in here because of the COVID? Yeah. We'll wait and see. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you something about owners and boat drivers. They'll figure out a way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it's at midnight. But maybe a disadvantage this year than having it in, in October because I mean, the well, great part about having it in March for the, for the guys out of the Northeast was, it was their escape. Well, it was there, you know. That, that's a true statement, but the problem we were having is a lot of them sat on their hands all winter long, didn't do anything with their boats, and then at the last minute they say, well, we can't make it because we don't have our boat ready. Yeah. So we had a lot of that. And uh, uh, I asked them one time, I said, is everybody from up north a procrastinator? Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, very little end boards in the state. And... Uh, but back when my uh, father founded this, uh, it was called the Grapefruit Circuit. And the Miami Stadium was mm -hmm. in effect. Back then, all these boats could come down and people could come bring their boats down here and then leave them because we had enough Florida races going on. Over the years, what has happened is, I guess you could say it's to our benefit or maybe not, they used to race a lot on the coast on the inland waterways. The problem is uh, now they have to have a helicopter flying over them to spot manatees. And they okay. actually, they, and, and I mean, if there's a manatee out there, the race is all, Yeah, I, mean, I, it, I was gonna ask because it, I remember those races down here as a kid and, oh yeah. and, and ask whatever happened to them, so yeah. thank you. Well, that's one of the main things. And of course, flying a helicopter, if anybody's ever priced that out per hour, it's pretty expensive. And so, and of course, the other thing with boat racing is like a lot of our sports today, we sometimes we have too many sports. And so there's only so much money that can be divided among all of those. And so when the Orange Cup Regatta was founded, I mean, I can remember as a kid, the cars would be all the way around the lake. Uh, today, it, it's the spectators, it's not that many, but we literally have spectators coming. They'll drive up from Miami. Uh, they mm -hmm. come from a long, a long, a long distance. Uh, so we're going to have quite a few celebrities here. We're going to have uh, uh, Dutch Squires is coming in from Denver. Dutch is the chairman of all outboard racing oh, all wow. in the United States. Wonderful friend, great guy. Uh, so, uh, and then Jeff Titus uh, is the chair, uh, uh, and he is part of also our race officials, which I'll come back to Jeff in a minute because I can tell you he's 
probably one of the most important people we have. Okay. He is the chair of Region 5, but he is also the, the pit boss. And that is probably the most important, when, when, once we start racing, that's the most important position because he has got to keep those people moving in the right direction. And it's like herding cats. And uh, some of our uh, boat racers do have a little bit of an attitude and uh, it's, uh, <laughs> but Jeff knows how to handle and he he uh, he keeps that thing moving because if the pit's not moving we won't be able to get in that many races in yeah. a day so I mean it is vital yeah so he's important. he's the traffic cop he's going to yeah, get him he's going to get him out and in and, and out of the way oh and, yeah and we're moving boats we're moving everything we have what we call tugs which are four wheel vehicles with trailer hitches on the front mm -hmm that we can grab a, a trailer and move it in different locations and get it closer to the crane if we have to and whatever. So it's, uh, there's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of people to thank. Uh, and uh, uh, we couldn't do it without this team. And it's an interesting thing that everybody knows what to do. And, and so we've got a few unique twists to it this year. So the live streaming, mm -hmm. that's, that's different. Uh, we're going to have a radio station out there. Oh, yes, we do. Uh, and I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, and uh, the station, uh, uh, Boss Hog. Boss Hog Radio. Boss Hog Radio. And they will be uh, on site uh, giving people updates. They, they uh, transmit over a five-county area uh, and also uh, nationally. So uh, we're pretty excited about that. So we'll have live streaming and we'll have radio. So people can tune in. It's WLKF 1170 AM and WHNR 1360 AM. So two AM stations right. here local uh, out of Plant City. Uh, they've been fun guys to work with. Um, so, uh, so that'll be exciting. Oh, and, so. and I'm glad you mentioned Plant City too, because they came, they came to us with the help of Steve Hurley, who is the owner of Stingray Chevrolet. Steve has now become a part of our race committee, and uh, we are really excited to have him. Uh, Steve is uh, kind of like our second son. Okay. Uh, he and our son Walt are very, very close. Steve is providing the lift cameras that Will will be using mm -hmm. and uh, our grandson Will and so uh, we're glad to have him too so I as you mentioned I'm just so excited to have them on board with us also and uh, look forward to work, having them work with us. Yeah I guess hey, Steve has his own energy to him oh, um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so it's been fun interacting with him. Well Steve is uh, quite a promoter and uh, he uh, is one of the largest Corvette dealers in the United States. I think he's number three in the United States. Okay, not, not bad at a Plant City Corvettes. No, no. Well, Steve, Steve knows the car business. And uh, his dad, uh, very interesting, is his dad was one of the engineers at Piper Aircraft when Piper was here. Oh, okay. So that's how long we've known Steve. He and Walt have been close, close friends for many, many years, and we went off to Florida together, fraternity brothers together. 
they talk to each other four times a day and then go have lunch. I keep asking, I say, what can y'all find that you haven't already discussed yeah. about 500 times? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, it's just a lot nice. And, and I want the Orange Cup Regatta, as I said in our last meeting, to go into perpetuity. Uh, it's a great sport. It's a family sport. Mm -hmm. You know, it's an interesting thing. The families, it's very family-oriented. Uh, as sun and fun is, yeah. Uh, the uh, uh, the families will be together, and that's the other thing about live streaming that we're excited about is because it will go nationally, and those families that couldn't make it can be able to watch their husbands or their boyfriends or whoever, yeah, uh, and girlfriends. We actually have uh, lady drivers also. Okay, we're excited that that you know we'll be able to let them also see it. The, the whole thing is, when we're through, it's like everything else that we do in tourism and sports marketing, with all the events we do in sports marketing, we want those folks to leave Lakeland and Polk County and say, wow, that was a wonderful time they had there, and we need to go back. Mm -hmm. We always want them to come back. And there's so much more to do here. I mean, it's it's... It's amazing to have seen how far the city has grown. I don't have to tell you, where you, you grew up here and right. you've been instrumental in it. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's it's there's a lot to do right here in Lakeland. They don't even have to. Well, and, and I'm glad you mentioned that too, Jack, because um, we used to build uh, the Orange Cup and the Tiger Ball Games and all the other events we do is come to Lakeland, unpack once, and see it all, because we are the center of the largest population base in the state. Mm -hmm. We are the center of all the parks, the Disney, the Universals, the Bush Gardens, the, you can go on and on and on. Uh, and come to Lakeland and literally unpack once, because we're within 45 minutes of any of that. Yep. So if folks listening want to find more information on the Orange Cup, they can go online, you can go to the Facebook page. Right. You can do that, and uh, the uh, or feel anybody can feel free to call me. Uh, my phone number is uh, six nine eight, or let me eight six three six nine eight four seven eight nine, and uh, call me anytime because, as you can see, uh, there's nothing I'd rather discuss right now than the Orange Cup Regatta. So I'm I'm more than happy to talk to anyone. Uh, <clears throat> there is. Uh, some spectacular uh, places to view the race. And now with the live stream, which will be about a 30 to second delay, they get to watch the race in real time and then they can watch the replay <laughs> on their on their phone. Right so, there from the from yeah. the side of the, yeah. so side make, of the lake. Make sure everyone brings their iPhones and there will be signs there telling giving direction mm -hmm. as to how to go and hook up with the link. So uh, so uh, yeah, it's pretty exciting, and I get I get really excited about this time of, a couple of weeks out from the race. You can smell it. Oh yeah, it's almost yeah, here. It's, it's it's coming this way, and uh, it's just fun. I'll be down there from early Thursday morning through the weekend, and I just sit there and just love every one of those trailers bringing those boats in here. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for tuning in to the Polk Experience. To contact us, email me, Jack at visitcentralflorida.org. For more information on 
this or any of the other events going on here in Central Florida, feel free to check our website, visitcentralflorida.org.